You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody, welcome to the Rotorol Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, back from Radio Row, uh, Super Bowl, Las Vegas, Nevada. Denny Carter is back from a soundstage in Silver Spring, Maryland. Where we did our best to CGI him into all of our clips. Denny, it was pretty seamless. Um, you could barely tell you weren't there. It was. We the only hiccup was the picture you very stupidly posted at the end of our time in Vegas, I where. I was supposed to be CGI'd um, beneath your your arm, but uh, didn't didn't work out. Thankfully, no one saw it. it. Totally gave the game away there. And Kyle Dvorak, of course, who we wish had been there with us, he's here with yeah. us now. He's going to help us break down the Super Bowl. Look forward a little bit to 2024, which I guess we're doing over the next seven months, uh, debating the same stats, and uh, it's going to be. That's really, not really true. Good. I'm going to find increasingly granular stats that we can argue about. Just trust good point. Me. Yeah. We do but that we every offseason. We come up with some new garbage. And yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know who scored the most points last year? They're probably going to do it again this year. Yeah, we have, need to have one more final shout out. I was actually sending our thoughts and prayers to Lawrence Jackson, who is in Las Vegas for a 10th consecutive day today. And, uh, Why? Because uh, is- FS, FSGA began after the Super Bowl, Kyle. And that's where DJ Short is. It's where Chris Wilson is, some of our behind-the-scenes coworkers. And if you want to know Lawrence's state of mind, he earlier today texted me the Leo crawling on Quaalude uh, <laughs> gif. Um, no way. Yes. So, oh, um, no. Yeah, he's uh, he's <laughs> – He's hurting. He's hurting. <laughs> He's hurting my, real poor, my poor Lawrence. He's hurting Please, real, real someone, bad. I'm begging anyone with, uh, you know, a, maybe a private airplane, get my guy out of <laughs> Get Lawrence. Extract Lawrence from Las Vegas, Nevada. And you know who else is hurting real bad for the third time in eight years? is Kyle Shanahan, guys. Uh, we're we're going to tap into the zeitgeist a little bit and really debate a decision that was made uh, 48 hours ago. <laughs> we are going to tap into the zeitgeist, uh, but what better way to begin the show? We're always debating some coach decision. It was Dan Campbell in the NFC Championship round. Today it's Kyle Shanahan in overtime and uh, in overtime in the Super Bowl, who did not ever explain the rules to his players. Seemed like maybe a bit of an oversight. Uh, the league barely explained the quarters thing to us. I must admit. Yeah. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan, Kyle. He wanted the ball. He wanted to win on the third possession. He wanted the third possession, which I will admit off the bat, I even tweeted as much. I'm like, yeah, I think this is right. Like the third, I go, you assume touchdown, touchdown, and then you want the first sudden death possession. And then ESPN Seth Walder pointed out the extremely obvious fact to me 
Well, the team with the second possession will go for two, almost certainly. Yep, that's the thing. And, that's exactly. And the Chiefs the, admitted as much. So yes, Kyle, take it away. That's exactly what it is. It's like if you if you anticipated any sort of, or you expected the probability of a tie a tie game after two possessions. So we get a field goal and they match us. We get a touchdown and they match us. Or we go punt, punt. If you expect that to be like all relatively likely and equal, sure, I, a third possession I guess makes sense. But that's that's the thing that breaks it is if you score a touchdown. I mean, really, no matter what you do, you give your opponent so much of a knowledge advantage. We saw the Chiefs go for it on fourth down once in a situation where who knows if they would have or not if they were feeling conservative. They don't get a choice, and it forces your opponent, you know, gives them the knowledge to play optimally. And that includes the going for two, which I didn't think of at first at well. But that means that if your opponent scores seven, like, or if you score seven, if you're the 49ers, Chiefs know exactly what they have to do to beat you. They won't be trying to tie you. If you get a field goal, they know how to tie you. If you don't score, they know how to beat you. It just gives them such an information advantage. Like, I get the logic behind it, but I think when you weigh all of the costs and benefits, it's, I mean, look, you asked the team who was prepared for this scenario, what they wanted to do, and they got their wish. So that probably tells you all you need to know. I, I, I was going to make a point here. Well, apparently the models say it's almost 50-50 between kicking and receiving and a game I feel like where you would want the third possession is what this game was, a defensive slugfest, a defensive struggle. It just feels like signing your own death warrant, though, when it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah. It just seemed like there was no way the Chiefs weren't going to be able to have the answer on the second drive, mm-hmm. did he? Especially with Mahomes. Like, I, I, I feel like you – you want to see what he does, and then you want to you want to go and match. You want to know what you have to do as, against a guy like that. Um, I, and I know that like the simulations was it Bill Barnwell who ran like Might hundreds of thousands of simulations. He's either Barnwell or Walter. We know, and both of them probably did it too. And, Bill, Bill's been known to do that. And yeah, and and uh, and you're right. I mean, it's like pretty close to fifty fifty. So it's not it's not like a glaring disastrous mistake. Mm-hmm. And, but the, I do think that the fact that like um, uh, Kyle Juszczyk and Eric Armstead and a couple other Niners came out after the game and said, I, I didn't know about all that. Like, uh, I, 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 I didn't, you know, and then, and then the Chiefs players, including Chris Jones came out and told reporters, we talked about it extensively over the two weeks between the AFC title game and the Super Bowl. Um, you know, that, that's. You said uh, they talked about it going back to last summer. That's it, right. That's a right. That's a preparation uh, thing. And, and remember that this this rule stems from a Chiefs situation against the Bills and that that classic showdown game it, 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 against uh, Buffalo, and and it ends on a field goal. And it just felt so deflating and anticlimactic. And the league said this can never happen again in the postseason. We got to change this in the postseason, and they did. And no one seemed to notice. <laughs> and I feel like you might. It's not a small oversight that the 49ers players didn't know. And you might be like, well, why does Kyle Ustrick need to know the overtime rules? Like it's all about mentality. You need everyone on the field to yes. know like this is, this is the season. I mean, of course they're approaching an overtime Super Bowl possession as important, but you need to know like there's, this is a, a definitive chance. This is our final drive of the year. Also like, you need to be feral basically. I, right. And it, I would say maybe, maybe it doesn't matter as much as we thought. Cause Nicole Hardman had no idea they won the game. <laughs> our guy, Nicole. Had no idea. And so, Kyle, Denny and I were talking about this on the phone earlier. Uh, I, I genuinely didn't know the quarters thing. And people on Twitter are like, what did you think was going to happen? You think it was going to be a tie? You idiot. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was like normal overtime where I knew they were guaranteed a possession, but the, I didn't think they were like guaranteed perpetual clock. And I was like, 
would have been really nice if anyone had explained this. And you know, the, the, the clock is ticking down. And Tony Romo's like, oh, by the way, uh, the clock is doesn't mean anything at all. And then he it took two and a half minutes to explain that and totally ruined the ending of the game. But yeah, I had, didn't know the notice? clock didn't mean anything at all until after the game. I had no clue. I, I was like, the Chiefs got to – I was panicking. <laughs> I was like, the Chiefs got to score. Everyone's panicking. Maybe explain the rules once in a – they focused so much on the possession thing. Yep. They were, oh, yeah, by the way, clock doesn't matter at all. No, I didn't know that until uh, like literally the next day, I think. I don't even think uh, I noticed You until... didn't even figure it out during the game. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't figure it out during like, Everyone, the game. Oh, you thought they were going to tie? <laughs> I thought you could pay for this? Pat, you're taking this one really hard. <laughs> you thought they were going to freaking tie? They were going to oh. share the Super Bowl trophy, folks. <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, it would have been nice if they had focused on that a uh, little more, that rule. But yeah, Shanahan, how can you not? How can you got to tell the players the rules, maybe? Just maybe. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Uh, so we'll get more to Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, in a minute. We'll start with the Chiefs, their third Super Bowl victory in five years. They're second in a row. Denny, I published my seasons in review article where one of the things I focused on, like, it's kind of scary. People always say this every team wins a Super Bowl. They find something scary about that team. But I do think it is scary that, like, a grinded out, like, that a team that was on easy mode for half a decade also has a version capable of, like, grinded out execution-based football. And, like, wow, that's probably not a good sign for the, the league. The Chiefs are, like, willing to, like, do this, like, take your medicine kind of football. And part of that was because Travis Kelsey wasn't quite the same player this year. Under 1,000 yards for the first time since 2015. Under two yards per route run for the first time since 2015. He's going on 35. We have declared Travis Kelsey, like, done before, and it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. But is it safe to say Kelsey is – we know he's post-peak. Is he, like, in decline phase now, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, but I, I do think that that decline could be could be slow enough so that it's not all noticeable in 2024. You know, just for for fantasy purposes, you know, I I do I do think that he probably will be overdrafted again this coming year because I think enough people will say, well, you know, he was unlucky or you know he's still he's still out there running 95 percent of the routes. Yeah, he was uh, he was distracted. He was distracted uh, by a, a girl. But uh, becoming the first player in NFL history to have a significant other. Right. And we don't talk about that enough. You know, the the <laughs> distraction of the first NFL player. First with NFL a part- player to date. With a, par- with a partner. Um, you know, so, uh, I, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to it's going to hit all at once. But I mean, look, w- with tight ends, like if you zoom out on the tight end position in fantasy, you just want guys out there running routes. Right. And if they happen to be good, that's nice. Uh, you know, but he, so he's going to be out there running all the routes in an, an efficient offense with an offense that must, and we'll talk about this, but must, must, must add receivers, improve the worst receiving room in the NFL. Kyle is Travis Kelsey, the set and forget. He was still the tight end one overall somehow this year, even under a thousand yards, even with these really, really long fallow periods, he's been the unquestioned tight end one, what, three or four years in a row now. Is he still the unquestioned tight end one, or are you going to be able to make viable cases for other players in 2024? Nah, I think he's still the tight end <laughs> one. Like, I mean, he was like, like you said, like Denny said, like he his numbers took a hit. Like you said, below two yards per route run, he was only second in ESPN's open score. But like, these are caveats to him not being 
the best tight end in a single season that we've ever seen. They're not caveats to him not being the best fantasy tight end in the year of our Lord 2024. He is still top five in yards per hour run, top five in ESPN's open score. I think he was number one in target share as well. And he plays with Patrick Mahomes. He ran bad on touchdowns. And like you said, he still finished, I think, points per game. He was the tight end one, but he missed two games. So... Yeah, I, I mean, the gap has maybe closed. We've also seen George Kittle's yards per route run fall off to another one where, like, he's still a top five tight end, top five tight end, but he had, like, record-setting seasons three to four years ago. I don't know if we have that version of Kittle. The same could be said of Mark Andrews, where I think two, maybe three years ago now, he had, like, 1,300 yards. Don't know if that's the version of Mark Andrews we have right now. We have a lot of good. We probably have more good tight ends in the NFL for fantasy purposes than we have in five to ten years. But the fact that no we one do. stands out as like a 1,200, 1,300-yard player, that still keeps Kelsey as the one for me because he's still the most likely to be that guy, although I kind of bet against it. Well, you know, I mean, if, if we had George Kittle in another offense, uh, it, w- it would be him, I, I think, by, by far over Kelsey. But the, the nature of the Niners' offense, the way he's used, I, I, you know, I know his route rate is, is good, but we, you know what I'm saying. Lots lots of early down running. What you're saying is we absolutely love to get a, a DK snowflake from Travis Kelsey, <laughs> or from George and, Kittle in the Super Bowl. It makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, we, we, do, we do love that. You know, actually, uh, Kyle mentioned ESPN's open score. If you go to the overall tab on that open score, uh, Kyle was right, obviously, that uh, Kelsey was second in, in getting open, that part of it. But uh, the overall... Kelsey dropped to fourth this year behind Kittle, Andrews, and Trey McBride. He was tied with Jake Ferguson in that metric. I think that that indicates a little bit of a fall-off. I mean, the only competition really – we don't think Sam Laporte is ready to do this, do we, folks? I mean – I would not no, draft Laporte. He's Trey McBride might be like, like the dark horse. Yeah, I think if you're looking for a dark horse to upset Kelsey, it has to be someone with a wider distribution where it's like, I don't see a scenario in which Sam Laporta is his team's number one receiver because Amon Ross just that good. And they have such a good ground game that they don't need to be airing it out all the time. And he was good in yards per route run as a rookie, and he could obviously improve, but he wasn't at the level of Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle. I think it has to be someone who's got a little wider range of outcomes like McBride, who actually was as good, I think maybe slightly better in the regular season than Kelsey by yards per route run. So yeah, I think if you want uh, sort of an upset candidate, I'd actually skip over Laporta, who's probably got a really good shot at being top four, but maybe doesn't have as good a shot of being top one as someone like uh, maybe even Dalton Kincaid and then Trey McBride. Yeah, I think the point I was trying to make, if someone's going to dislodge Kelsey, it's not going to be the usual suspects. Like Hawkinson coming back from a knee, Evan Ingram had the most obvious career year in the history of career years. Uh, Mark Andrews is post-peak. David and Joku, probably a career year. It's going to have to be someone crazy like Trey McBride, I feel like, to really shake it up. Um, I don't know, we'll see. We still, It's weird. Tight end is a lot deeper. But it's been a long time since we didn't have, like, a behemoth at the top. You know, it was the Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski segued right in to Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. And there's just not really – there's not, like, at least an obvious 1,300-yard receiver mm-hmm. at the top of the tight could end. Be, could be McBride. I mean, I, I am on board with that. With that take, I think they're pretty very likely to add Marvin Harrison still. Like, I don't think he's going to be the number one receiver of that team. It's possible. I still think it's up in the air, but I think he's the number two receiver on his team as soon as Marvin Harrison steps on the field. Uh, Marquise Brown down horrific. No way he's being received. Oh, he's, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe he's going to the Chiefs, though, Denny, where you were pointing out to me before the show the Chiefs were the worst offense to win a Super Bowl since the 2015 Broncos. 
And you were also making the point that this offense without Mahomes would just be like, you, I think your word was tragically bad. Tra- bad. Uh, tragically Ooh. bad. And uh, I just, there's no way. Right, I, where are we going with this? Uh, well, we have- there's no way that they, they can get worse. They can't get worse. Like, you know, as and, and, and that, by the way, that measurement for, you know, worst, worst offense since the Broncos. Vibes in, was that in, measurement. In, in <laughs> and they were the worst. Was uh was EPA per play? Yeah, I mean, you know, they they dropped off a cliff compared to uh, recent years. Then uh, they scored eighty fewer points than any other Mahomes team ever, and that includes you know, like the seventeen game seasons, the sixteen games, right. first time ever under four hundred. Right, eighty fewer points than the previous worst Mahomes offense. Can you imagine? I mean, this team is is horrific. This offense is horrific. I, I will say the defense might make them like a playoff team, but. But the the offense is, is is horrific without Mahomes. If you add someone in the draft and free agency, uh, you know, and you replace Justin Watson running ninety percent of the routes, you replace MVS running eighty five percent of the routes. Like you you those are you can easily upgrade f- from from those pass catchers and give Mahomes guys who can make plays on their own. Like nobody could do that increase increasingly Kelsey can't do that. Like I know, I know that he had some yak yardage against the Niners in the Super Bowl, but you know, that, that yak stuff was uh, not as prevalent as it was in recent seasons for Kelsey because age, I don't know. And a girlfriend, it's hard to say, Uh, you know, so, so, so this, if this offense can improve around Mahomes, I think it's. I think it's frightening. I really do think think it's frightening because they could maybe win a Super Bowl. Maybe win two. <laughs> I mean, really, like they should. They should be. You know, assuming they will make these improvements, they should be the prohibitive favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Tom, I'm going to ask you a question, but I, I just I got really fixated on the other day that the Chiefs have now won both Super Bowls since they traded Tyreek Hill. Oh, and Tyreek Hill finished ahead of Mahomes in the MVP voting. I don't Oh, like don't don't worry. I have thought about this as well. Sure I about have that one. Yep. Uh, not entirely sure about the one. Kyle, what, how, what would this offense be like if the only big move was betting on Rasheed Rice improvement in 2024? Say so like they just run it back again with defense, uh the offensive line and they just don't invest in skill, but kind of like what the Packers did for years. They just don't invest in skill players, and they just hope Rasheed Rice gets better. Uh, would the, would like the offense be better or the same? I mean, hoping Rasheed Rice gets better would probably – I think that would work out because he was limited as a rookie, but he was really good at things he did. He doesn't need to do a lot to really expand his route tree because he was just so shallow dot all after the catch. Just a little bit of improvement there I think would change the complexion of the offense a bit. But, like – I think it's actually very realistic. I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do, but realistic that they do that. Essentially they add, you know, some like money ball free agent, like, you know, they're like, yeah, Alan Robinson, they give 3 million to uh, and everyone's stop, like, what are you stop, doing? Stop. And he has 700 yards at the end of the year. Stop, like, stop, stop. Think of the next, like Juju, think of the next Juju for this team. I mean, MBS was that guy. It's like, why didn't he ever do more with as the clear, potentially clear number two with Rogers? It's like, Oh, he's, he's not that good as it turns out. And they gave him three years, 30 something million. They moneyball some free agent. They take a fifth or sixth round pick, and that's it. And you know why they might do that? Because they won back to back Super Bowls they doing won. exactly that. Receiver does not matter, Denny. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I do not. You know, my football ideology does not appreciate trading away the most special 
wide receiver of his generation and then easily winning two Super Bowls. So yeah. I do I think should... one thing is that their offense is so much better in the playoffs than it is in the regular season. They're the like, Golden State where it just it doesn't matter, I, yep, man. I do if think they're 55 like, and 27, get us in the playoffs. <laughs> I think they are legitimately the closest. They're still not very close to that like basketball ideology of like we will literally just rest starters every three games because we know we're gonna make it. Oh, but I do think rest week <laughs> dude, I like hundred percent think that would be a smart idea. Like Give, give you know, Blaine Gabbert or whatever a start, Chad Henney a start against, like, the Panthers. He probably Kyle. wins it anyways, and you give Mahomes the day off. Hey, we're, trying to, we're trying to win hearts and minds here with the <laughs> analytics. Hey, you're, and you're saying Mahomes should rest. The people yeah, are going to riot. They would riot. I would. Uh, but they were a three times better passing offense by EPA per play in the playoffs than they were the regular season. Kelsey's yards per route run went up from 1.9 to, like, 2.4. You know, it's like a 33% increase, which, like, shouldn't like that it would either be extremely random or more than likely guys understand the long game and are doing things differently when it matters most uh as we talked about in the game itself they played differently when it mattered most in overtime other teams like the one they played did not know how to play differently they know what it takes to win a super bowl and not just games in the regular season and i think that shows up in their stats so i think they can they can talk themselves into it. They've successfully done it twice in a row. Talk themselves into this like money ball receiver load up on defense stuff. And it will probably work because we've seen it work. I, you know, nothing against Rasheed Rice. Rasheed knows I, I like him. I don't think he that he's a wide, I don't think he's a wide receiver one in, in, in an offense. I, I, I we, he, we, he literally it, was on the well, well, but by default, I mean, how, how are you not? Um, and, and so, so you, you asked Pat, uh, what if he gets better? I don't think he can. I, I actually, I actually don't think he's number one. Number one, lead, lead the entire league in yards after the catch per reception. He was ninth in yards per route run. Like he's going, what he's going to improve on that? That's it. That's the pinnacle, I think. And if you put someone else in there that that would be tar- targeted over him as a receiver, I think that those numbers go down. He was he was seventh in total receiving from week twelve forward. He was nineteenth. So week six was when they really started to feature him. He was nineteenth from that point forward. Week twelve is when they started to like basically emphasize him as a true number one receiver. He was seventh in overall receiving. I think like Kyle said it's not really. We know he's proven as a yak man now, but it wouldn't take much to expand his route tree. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Small is he probably, like guy, you said, Denny. Like, his if he had the same role this coming year. I bet anything his yards after the catch per catch comes down. I, he had the second most yards after the catch in the past, like, 20 years per it's, reception. It was crazy. crazy. It was crazy. Though. Like, historic levels of yak. And I, I think, like, from an efficiency perspective, it almost necessitate, necessitate, necessitates, necessitates that his, like, overall efficiency comes down. But it will be significantly better for the offense if this guy can just move the chains on uh, a catch as opposed to nine yards of yak on a 2A dot, you know, slant or whatever. I think... Whether or not it changes his fantasy outlook, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, because we're losing some of the yak. We undoubtedly are. It will make the offense so much better if they have a second, not even downfield threat. He doesn't have to become a burner, but a second, like, deep out 14 yards downfield kind of guy who can get open on that kind of route. Can he become that guy? I don't know. He was a lot of, uh, like, low ADOT yak guy in college until his final year. Then he just became that low ADOT yak guy again. But, like, you got to think that is one of the primary drivers of how this team moves forward outside of outside additions. They should be trying to do everything they can to get his route tree expanded. To Denny's point, he it will already be his age 24 season in 2024, but not as projectable as some young wide receivers would be. To Kyle's point about 
So the Chiefs, we know, have already been moneyballing the receivers. It, it does seem like there's no way like their moneyball choices could be worse in 2024. And some of the free agents are available. Mike Evans will probably be franchise tagged back with the Bucks. We know T. Higgins won't be available. Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, uh, Michael Hardman, uh, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown. Uh, it just seems like Michael Pittman will be franchise tagged. Kendrick Bourne coming out with a torn ACL. It feels like they could throw darts at a dartboard and get better receivers than Justin Watson. 100%. I think they ran really bad getting – They ran like, really cold. Really yes. bad getting nothing, absolutely nothing out of MVS, who like assuming they, were, they weren't the only ones to make an offer in the ballpark, like the NFL valued him as like a three-year contract, I think $30 million, something like – Let's say the next closest team was two for 20. That still, in theory, should be a usable receiver, and he wasn't. It cost them meaningful draft capital to get Darius Tony, and he did not even play. He hardly played for them at all, let alone in the most important game this year. Uh, like, I, honestly, I think Justin Watson stays he's a good culture guy, and they like what he does. But then they let Michael Harbin walk as an extreme money ball tactic. Then they go and get him back as an extreme money ball tactic. And still, I get he gets the touchdown at the end. Also, almost cost them like the game before this. So, like, none of these moves have panned out in the slightest. If just one of them pans out, I know, Pat, we talked about this like a bunch. Imagine if they were the team that got Adam Thielen. Like, Adam Thielen, I don't think is making that much more than MBS did, especially at the point MBS signed. Imagine if they were the team that signed Adam Thielen. He would be the best receiver. I think Rasheed Rice is better, but for the number two options, all like, he would be so much better. So much better. So, so, so much better. I had a point. Thielen, Thielen would have been a top five fantasy receiver. In oh, yeah. so We've already established the Chiefs will never spend money on receiver again, but they're trading for Justin Jefferson. And next, <laughs> you know, but imagine if they did. It would be yeah, the would greatest be fun. They would lose the next Super Bowl 38 to 31. Never like they got away from the defensive identity. Right. <laughs> right. Over, and they only made it to the Super Bowl and lost. They're washed. The dynasty is over. This segment is over. We will be right back after this. The countdown to spring training is on, so for those looking to get a head start on the upcoming MLB season, grab your Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. It's loaded with comprehensive positional rankings, projections, and player profiles to ensure your draft is a, is a success. Visit NBCSports.com slash draftguide and use promo code BASEBALL24 to get 10% off at checkout. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Matthew Pouliot. I need to dig, dig up Matthew Pouliot's projections. They're 
Always so. So I'm getting ready to do an NFBC. So sue me, by the way. It'll be fine. It won't, it'll be fine on NFBC. <laughs> I like NFBC. They had they had a few problems. Everyone admits this. They had some problems, <laughs> but it's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about it? I don't know. Let's not I, talk. Uh, let's not talk about it. No, but they, they seem like they've got it under control. Question mark. Sure. Uh, anyway, we'll Supposedly be doing an isolated incident. Just close your eyes and, and start drafting. You know what, Pat? You're doing it for fun, all right? This isn't yeah. a financial investment. By the way, this is too early to draft. I mean, spring training starting. I mean, you should you should buy our, our Roto World baseball guide and start grinding, obviously. But, you know. Baseball season starts in six weeks, man. I was going to say, baseball's got to be close, right? Because, Denny, I have bad news for you. If you think it's too early to draft baseball, uh, they are already drafting (laughs) fantasy football teams. (laughs) I know. No, I know, Kyle. And uh, I want to, my response to that is, I'm so tired. I know. My response to that is definitely no offense to a lot of our good friends who are already drafting. I would perhaps, even in February, go outside once. Just once? Never. Just one time. They wouldn't be our friends if they were regular outside. That's people. true. That's true. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be friends with them in the first place if they were normal, well-adjusted people. Uh, you know as normal and well-adjusted as Brandon Ayuk's family? They're demanding a trade. <laughs> in the 49ers after one game where he got three targets. And it brings me to our first question on the 49ers as we get into the 49ers fallout. Is, is 2024 – the last dance for this iteration of the 49ers because you got Ayuk's contract coming up. You'll have to pay Brock Purdy after next season. God only knows what's going on with the Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle's contracts. Pretty much everyone is back next year. But this is a team that's really been cooking the salary cap books. They have like, I feel like they have like 10 of the highest paid players in the NFL and somehow one of them is not a quarterback. It's one of the most unique builds we've ever seen. It's fine for 2024, but this can't keep going. Do we, is it 2024 like the most all-in, have-to-win year ever for the 49ers? I think it is, but here's the thing about the Shanahan system is that you can always have a low-paid quarterback. Um, they're, and, they're paying Brock Purdy. They, they're talking about, uh, I, I just want to put this out, out there, okay? And I hope I don't get censored for this, but um, Mac Jones is a free agent. <laughs> well, and, he's, not, he's not yet. He's not yet, by the way. He has one year left on his rookie. Oh, does he? Oh, man. They are talking about trading him. Yeah, they're talking about trading him. I could honestly just see that. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, I I do think if any offense can keep scamming their way uh, through things with a a cheap quarterback and a bunch of highly paid other non-quarterbacks, I think think it's 49ers – I I don't know what else they can do differently, though. Like, how can this team improve? They can't. Denny, it's I really think it comes down to what I wrote in my article. And I've made this point many times in the past. As good as the scheme is, the scheme is good enough to win a Super Bowl. We know that. But it needs everything to go. It needs literally everything. When it's about scheme and not the talent, you have to – it's the classic, we have to get lucky every time. When you have Patrick Mahomes, you only have to get lucky once. And, like, they have to keep getting lucky every time. And they're getting so close, they can't seal the deal. I think Kyle Shanahan intellectually understands this. It's why he made this super aggressive, reckless trade for Trey Lance. Yeah. He wanted someone who could clearly elevate the scheme rather than be elevated by the scheme. He gave up on it astoundingly quickly. Uh, like didn't even try to make it work. Yeah, I, I think it was clear. I think it was clear it's not working. It must have been clear, but yeah. I think it was clear that Shanny understood as good as the scheme is, he, he needs someone to actually elevate the system and not be elevated. And it is possible to win with this approach. 
but it's just like you need everything to go right over and over and over and over again. It it almost didn't work in both of the first two rounds, the playoffs, and it just feels like they've really bumped up against the limit of this approach. And the limit again could have produced a Super Bowl, but it just it's come agonizingly close three times and is not. I do I do think that the the system where you have a quarterback who cannot elevate the the, the offense um, by himself can't like will the team to victory. Uh, and it's based, you know, it's a it's a run based attack. It's a balanced offense. I I do think that that naturally has a, a limit, like you said, Pat. Uh, and I think that it's it can be seen in stats like like this one, where um, you know, in the regular season, the Niners were by far and away had the highest EPA per rush. Okay, it wasn't even close, uh, both across the board and on first downs and second and third, whatever. Um, Against the the Chiefs, they had an EPA per rush that would have ranked dead last in the league by by a long shot. So if you shut that down and you don't have anyone to elevate the rest of the offense, then where do you go? We talked about it in in Vegas where we said, well, maybe they're just going to let the Niners do their thing on the ground and yeah. and and try to win in other ways. They didn't. They they absolutely sold out to stop the run and said, okay, Purdy, you're going to have to beat us. And Purdy did not have it. Could not do it. Yeah, Kyle, Denny referenced the debate I had with Drew Densick where he was like, uh, the 49ers run de- – or excuse me, the Chiefs run defense is just trash. They're going to run all over them. And I was like, well, maybe they don't care. And, like, they'll take you doing these grinded-out run-based drives because then when you're in an obvious passing situation, Brock Purdy won't be able to deliver the goods. Drew and I were both wrong. Uh, yes. They, they, the Chiefs very much – the 49ers very much did try to run it down their throats. The Chiefs very much tried to stop it and did not give up the run. And it was that was one of the most bizarre things about the game. I felt like is the I mean, we, like I think it makes sense from the lens. I, I mean, like it's kind of a, a nerdy thing that we talk about. We're like, really, how good is Brock Purdy? He's just putting but pushing buttons. And then Steve Spagnuolo is like, really, how good is Brock Purdy? He's just what? pushing buttons. And like Purdy played an overall good game. Like it wasn't like he got exposed <laughs> as a bad quarter. I think mm, mm, nope, plumber, farmer. What <laughs> <laughs> is a farmer though? Right? Like, didn't he go back home to he's Iowa or something and yeah. farm? Uh, no, I don't think he's from Iowa. He played in, at Iowa State, of course. I don't know. He went back. I, I'm pretty sure there's a video of him riding a tractor on like uh, the bye week or the Thanksgiving oh, long stretch or oh, something. There you go. There's my point. But so, uh, I mean, like he played fine. Like uh, there were a ton of scenarios in which one of the punt punters... He didn't make. So I feel like it was the classic. The whole there was this palpable like don't make the big mistake. No matter what, we can't let Brock make this. And he didn't make the big mistake. And he didn't make fine. any plays either. And that's fine. Like that's works um, don't make any mistakes no is good i don't like obviously he like we said he's not elevating and like that's what the opposing defense challenged him to do like we're gonna blitz you we're gonna stop the run like we're gonna give you tight window throws hard reads and see if you can make them he took the ones that were easier and didn't make some of the harder plays didn't handle the pressure like literally pressure in the game as well as he could have I guess like the alternative though is what like what would be the teams like Denny said what is the teams out and honestly to me I don't think they need an out I think the fact that Shanahan gets them to two Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks this quarterback seems a little better like do you want to gamble it all away on another Trey Lance situation no, I also no, think no, smart- no 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 you guys know what it is there's a man by the name of Kirk Captain. yeah if you want to lose in the wild card round that sounds like a great plan <laughs> I'm sure that would go well yeah Denny, well, what were you gonna say yeah but then yeah, obviously paying. 
Kirk Cousins out blows up the whole. Uh, yeah, they can't afford to pay Kirk team. and have the. How do they have a top ten guy at every position? It sounds yeah. like someone not in a position to sign Kirk Cousins who's been dreaming about signing. Yeah, Kirk yeah, Cousins yeah, for yeah, 10 yeah. Years. I know, it, and I do get that. But I just want to mention this about the. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say easiness, but uh, the way the Chiefs stopped the Niners was 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 similar. It was easy. <laughs> Very easy. Okay. All right. The 49ers all right. had like seven three it outs. Was, it was pretty easy. Um, uh, was similar to how we saw the Patriots stop the Rams in that horrific Super Bowl six or seven years ago, uh, where the Rams came in with a hyper-efficient Todd Gurley-led rushing attack, and the Patriots said, we're not letting you do that. We're, you're, you're going to have to have Jared Goff throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns to win this game. And Jared Goff com- completely collapsed, and um, and he, so Steve uh, Steve Ruiz from the Ringer wrote about this, drew my attention to it. He said that the Chiefs put six defenders on the line of scrimmage with just one linebacker playing off the line, like the Patriots did against the Rams in um, uh, in that Super Bowl. Kansas City hadn't used that defensive front previously this season, guys. They they completely changed their defense to to snuff out this Niners rush game. And uh, and I you know they deserve credit for that. When when we were talking at the Super Bowl with Drew and others, Drew Densing and others about uh, well the Chiefs defense rush defense is bad. They they were they were not good. But they first off that they, that was always overstated. They were no, middle it of the wasn't. Pack. They were I, middle of the pack. They no, were middle of the pack. They, it, over the past over the past month, it's they've been like thirtieth uh, over the last month of the season. Anyway, they, the, the, the Ravens abandoned the run after like two rushes. Right, and they this defense. They so so they they completely changed. Who they are as a defense to stop to stop the run against the Ravens and the Niners, and guess what? It worked because they have good corners and they have good safeties, and it works like that. So, man, I mean, it just Steve Steve Spagnola deserves all the credit. Yes. Um, say they do run it back with this exact supporting cast, the 49ers. Is there any chance they can match this year's efficiency? It feels like the answer is no, but if it's the same gang. They had like pretty good injury luck this year too. Yeah, that I was like, one I, thing that definitely helped. They had like a few games missed from Debo and a few games missed from Trent Williams. Like all things considered, that's really good luck to have a few is. star players miss a few games. But they are, I mean, they're 100% going to run it back. They don't have obvious cut candidates. Brandon Ayuk is under contract for one more year. I believe he's on the fifth year option. Brock Purdy's under contract for two more years. I think one one way this team could push its edge is unfortunately uh, push Brock Purdy around contract wise. Like. If you Brock, if you think you're that good, and if other teams think you're that good, head to the open market. Let's see what they have to say about it. And I mean, that's ultimately what happened with Jimmy. Jimmy got paid. He also got exposed. So, like, I do think that'd be one way to push their edge a little bit. Is Brock Purdy deserves a raise without a doubt, but don't pay him commensurate with his EPA numbers, which say he's the best quarterback, which is intuitive. But they really should try and push that. I do think they can probably come close. Like, they were really efficient this year. I think they can probably come close, though, given that we've seen Shanahan elevate his team's time and time and time and time again. And it's one thing where I think Brock Purdy works better out of structure than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think he's like, he's obviously not night and day different. If it was just the scheme that was only doing this, I think eventually it would get stopped. Whereas it's the scheme plus an incredible talent plus a quarterback who is at least doing more than the quarterbacks in his shoes have done in the past. I think that's a really hard hard to stop. And what... Uh, 18 teams failed to this year or something like that, like 16 for the 49ers. Most teams can't stop it. So I, maybe they regress slightly because, yes, they were, like, historically efficient. But can they get back to this spot? Like, I, they're going to be the betting favorites to do so, and I think that's right. 
I feel like Vegas, the bookmakers, are really like they're like, well, no, we'll be right this time when they immediately installed them as the 2024 Super Bowl favorites. So, yeah, That's maybe much. Yeah, they uh, did literally, literally on, just lose the juice on the computer. They are the Niners are undefeated. They are, and yeah. and and you, I mean, that's why I had such trouble believing that they they could lose this game because maybe, you had a lot of trouble believing it. I did, mm-hmm. I did. Apparently. Apparently, numbers don't matter when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you had a lot of trouble believing it, Denny. We, uh, really we, won't, we won't get into how much trouble. My <laughs> my my wallet paid the price. It did. Yes, my uh, my app, my BetMGM app, flush with funds. Yeah, that's, that must now, be nice. Can we get the uh, Missouri House and Senate to approve gambling here? I would. <laughs> I would like the Maryland House and Senate to uh, get. No, I never mind. So I know I can uh, literally see into Illinois from my neighborhood, but I will not be driving there to place the bets. It actually takes quite a while. To get there. <laughs> <laughs> not near Mississippi River Bridge here, but uh, yeah, we would like to spend some of those funds we won betting on the Chiefs. Yeah, my, my government did the right thing. We don't have any problems here anymore because <laughs> gambling goes live March eleventh or something like that. It's something early in March. But I don't know the Chiefs, the forty nine, the forty niners. I looked at the NFC. Like, there's no bad moon rising in the NFC. I mean, there's uh, the, the Eagles regrouping, recalibrating. You, you know, off the top of your head, you know who the bad moon rising in the NFC is? It's the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The Packers, the Packers boy, they put, like, the scare of a lifetime because in the 49ers, too. Jordan Love, uh, per the Zoomers, is him. <laughs> he's him. He is. He's, he was I mean – very We're crowning him him after eight games, but like I don't know. I watched those games. He was pretty him in those games. I mean, the 49ers, eighteen and one. If they had uh, Jordan Love easily beating oh. the Chiefs, uh, they Wait, were. What? Yeah, I don't want to slander Brock, but like man, the way Jordan oh, Love yeah. played over the second half oh, of the season, oh, he oh, would. Sorry, I meant the 49ers had Jordan Love. Oh yeah, no, no, undefeated, and undefeated. they beat the Chiefs twenty twenty four nothing. Easily, it would have been quite something else. It will be quite something else uh, when we return from this break. Thursday night is another chance to watch a new chapter in college basketball history when Caitlin Clark chases down the all-time NCAA scoring record as Iowa hosts Michigan. Coverage of the Big Ten matchup begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
You must watch Caitlin Clark if you're not already done so. My, my I didn't dad see they had a logo called Clark Watch. That's insane. They did. They did. <clears throat> my dad called me the other day and said, "Hey, are you watching this? This Clark? This Clark? She's lighting it up." <laughs> I mean, I mean, man, when my dad's watching, everybody's watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete Maravich reincarnated in the form of Caitlin Clark. <laughs> the Zoomers will never know. Go look him up. He was a real person. He was amazing. Did we finish our 49ers talk? By the way. I don't know if we really – the 49ers, you got 17 games out of Christian McCaffrey. Like Kittle barely got hurt. Debo barely got hurt by his standards. I, I just – they were running real hot on the injury front in 2023. Yeah. yeah. I mean, any team that gets to the Super Bowl is going to have run really hot on injuries. Like the Chiefs, it was Joe Thune at the very end. It's like kind of the primary injury. Lions got there with very few injuries. Like, you know, you look at the teams that do well and they – tend to also be healthy, but if you just project all teams with neutral health, the 49ers are the best team in the regular season, and they're the best team <laughs> the best team in the NFC in the postseason, and then they have to face Patrick Mahomes, and that guy's just different. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the thing is, run it back. May, I, I'd be curious to see if they'd uh, ever consider adding more receiver talent. Uh, I know, like, I mean, at this point, though, what do they improve other than quarterback, which isn't that bad, but I'm saying, like, if there's one spot, you can see how they can take it to the next level. What do you improve for this team? Because, like Danny said, they're just so good on all fronts. I, don't, I, I, I don't really, have a good answer. I really don't know. I, I heard uh, someone in media say that the the Niners are too script dependent, and if they fail on first down, then they might as well punt because they just can't recover from that. And 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 anecdotally. And like on a gut level, I get that. I understand what 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 that means, and I've I've watched the Forty Niners enough, the Shanahan Niners enough to know. Okay, that means that yeah, I mean they're, they're like a machine, and if one thing goes wrong, it's all over. But here's the thing, guys: they had the best third down EPA this year by like huge a huge margin. So Purdy was also really good in high pass expected situations, like right? Crushed so they, when teams knew he was going so, to pass. okay. Good so offenses the, don't even get third downs, right? So so the, so here's the thing. They're, they are unbelievably good on first down. They are unstoppable on third down. They score every time they enter the red zone. Basically, they they have an they they they're 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 so efficient on on rush in in, in the rush game that that it eclipses almost everybody's passing game. There's nowhere to go but down. <laughs> yeah, I was to say everything you just said screams unsustainable efficiency. And man, they needed it this year. I feel bad for them. They they had to have it this year. They had to have it this it year. It is tough. I mean, I think that's true of like that's probably true of a lot of teams that we don't view their quarterback setup as dynastic. When they get there, they gotta crack it. Like the Lions a, a week before, a game before, two weeks ago. When you get there, not to say Cherkov isn't good, but like the yeah. other side of the conference or the other the other conference has Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, two time MVP Lamar Jackson. When you get there, especially Joe Burrow. the NFC, Joe yeah, Burrow. Joe Burrow, Just like. The like Justin Herbert, the most forgettable elite quarterback ever. In that, like, he's the fifth best quarterback, and like, he maybe would be the first in the NFC. Like, he would be in the mix. Yeah. So when you are when you are one of these teams that is good but probably not great perennially, it does really hurt to not get across the finish line. I just had an absolutely crazy idea: is that uh, Denny is trying to get the the smoke going that the Chargers might trade Justin Herbert? Not really. Uh, Jim Harbaugh still spoke glowingly of the 49ers. Uh, he, we love Jed York. Um, he didn't t- Trent Balky is who he had his issues with there, apparently. They're going to trade Justin Herbert to the 49ers, folks. I'm sure they couldn't afford it. That's, that's the problem with all of these things. It's like the 49ers 
sort of chicken or egg situation have built themselves to be we surround the quarterback team now at this point unless it's a draft pick it's really hard to undo that just financially so they're they're gonna draft Jaden daniels and trade herbert that's what's gonna happen that'd be so funny they have to trade they're up not, lunch too. they're not gonna Jaden daniels he's gonna see one one of those cut up videos of <laughs> Jaden daniels getting hit by like buses mm-hmm. i know i know but i mean he he hired greg roman he's like we're doing it again greg we're running it all the way back they are going to be running something back. I, what, what's he cooking? What, what's the meme, Kyle? Uh, <laughs> what's the one of the meme? What's he cooking? What's he uh, cooking? Yeah, it's one of those fake thumbnail it's, memes. Yeah, well, it's, it's not I, fake. I assume it it's real. a real thumbnail. It's, yeah, it's, it's real. Thanos when he's like sitting over the pot at the yeah. start of the second Infinity War. Yeah, what's it's uh, you know what you know what Har- Harbaugh's cooking. He's cooking an offense that's going to be minus twelve percent uh, drop yeah. back rate over expected. <laughs> And they'll easily go twelve and five and be the fifth seed uh, in the AFC because they can't win yeah. the division. They're going to be Chiefs. good. So what? Am I triggered? No. Yeah, you are very, 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 very triggered. Very, very, I had so many straight thoughts to get to. I had one more Super Bowl thought I needed to get to with Denny. We'll move on though to a Super Bowl interview Denny and I conducted out in Las Vegas, Nevada, with Mr. Tony Pollard. Kyle, one thing we didn't ask him because there's no way he knows is where he's going to go. Uh, he did. Seemed to make it very clear to Denny and I. Denny, what did he say that made it so clear that he will not yeah. be back with the Dallas? Well, I, you know, I was talking to him before the game. I mean, sorry, before the interview, and uh, yeah, making small talk with NFL players. It's easy, and um, it's not nerve wracking at all. And I said, I said, Tony, do you, you have any teammates here? And he kind of looked at me and he goes, "You mean Cowboys?" He was he was he was checked mentally moved on. And I said, that's, uh, that's really good. That's a good answer. And I said, I I do I do mean I do mean Cowboys. <laughs> and then then he, I think he changed the subject. Well, no, he said he said because Antonio Gibson's here. I was like, okay, cool, cool. And he was like, you know, we he's like, and together. my marketing guys here. I have a PR guy that's kind of my team personally. He yeah. said well, we we played together in Memphis. I was like, right, okay, I do remember that. I always knew that. So. <laughs> Don't tell the paper I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I did know that. And, yeah, he did not mention any Dallas Cowboys, though. Pat, who else played on that team? Um, Another running back. Oh, there's three running backs. It was it was Gibby. It was Pollard. And I know the third. Is that, was it another scat back type? Kenneth. Kenneth oh, Gamble played on that that's team. Right. That's I wow. think, that's right. I think like Patrick Taylor also played on that team, like the, the practice squad running back we, for the Packers. He's, on, he's been on my dynasty team several he's good. times. When I thought he was going to get a few carries that week, and he, didn't <laughs> he never did. Those are the best <laughs> dynasty pickups. Those really are. Uh, uh, where's a good place for Tony Pollard? And I, one thing I said to Denny is, I mean, it certainly seems like the the three down Tony Pollard experiments over. He's going to go back more, much more to an Austin Eckler type role, even though he kind of just stayed in the Austin Eckler type role last year. Uh, do you have any place you want Tony Pollard to end up? Any strong Tony Pollard thoughts people are saying? Well, before I heard this anecdote, I was like, it'd be good for him to go back to Dallas and try and run it back because in the first half of the year, he was just beyond dreadful. And he was coming back from a really bad injury. And so if you see an improvement in the second half, I'm maybe sort of willing to buy that uh, he's not hitting the running back cliff, which we just see so many running backs way younger than you think, lose their efficiency, and then the NFL loses the value in them. And he does in the second in the second half of the season from week 10 through the their last playoff game. He was 20th in PFF's elusiveness rating, 19th in yards after contact per attempt, and first in PFF rushing grade. He was good. He wasn't the Tony Pollard we know and love, but that's an improvement. It's a meaningful improvement. So I wanted to, before I heard this anecdote, I wanted to put him back in that scenario in which like 
his usage was really strong in Dallas. Good stuff. But the goal line, they're a team that can put up points, like getting him ample opportunities at the goal line, no hesitation throwing to their running backs. Now it doesn't sound like that. I would say another team that kind of fits that bill was the team we we're just talking about, the Chargers. Yes. I don't know if they want to run back the experiment of like formerly dynamic running back who just has nothing left in the tank. He's a lot younger than the man he is you are. Way younger. Austin Eckler on Radio Row, by the way, was oof, that man knows he's, that man knows he's not going back to the Chargers. Let's just say that. Um, not, nothing he said to us. We did not speak to him. No, no I saw he, some of his interviews. He can barely that. hide the fact that he was no longer a Los yeah. Angeles Chargers. Yeah, get ready to speak Texans, buddy. <laughs> Danny, by the way, probably wouldn't be a bad one because the offense is very good. Oh, yeah. And, and as much as like I give them a little bit of credit for improving their philosophy in the second half of the season, they weren't, they weren't like throwing like crazy. They just got above zero pass rate over expected. They're like, Frustratingly balanced, but a good offense, which is great for running backs like Lions setup. Essentially, I actually I do think it would be a good spot for Eckler. Um, with Pollard, by the way, if you were listening to the show last week, you already heard this, Denny. But um, I thought it was pretty amazing where he basically, he basically like uh, called Kellen Moore overrated. Where he's like, so under Kellen, he said, you know, we did the run to set up the pass. It's like under Mike McCarthy, this guy you all hated, this dinosaur, we did the pass to set up the run. Yeah, yeah. Neither did they ever. I mean, C.D. Yeah. Lamb was very frustrated when we talked to him in L.A. two years ago, and that that was the Kellen Moore offense. Man, yeah, what the hell? Like, it was right there the entire time. It was Kellen, right there. Kellen was the villain the entire time, Yeah, and we were dead wrong. Kyle, we asked Brees Hall if he knew how big of a deal he was in fantasy. I saw he this said, one, yeah. He said yes. He said he did know. He was in the mix for the number one overall pick. Assuming the number one overall pick, though, still Christian McCaffrey. Is Brees a legit candidate to go number two overall, or does that have to be Justin Jefferson? Does that have to be a receiver? Is Brees a legit candidate for number two? Yeah, he's, he's a candidate. He's not going to be my number two overall. He will be my RB2, and I actually think the gap between two and three at running back is meaningful. I wouldn't really consider anyone else as the RB2, but Tyreek Hill coming off a season where if he stays healthy, he probably goes over 2,000 yards for the first time in NFL history. Uh, Older Lamb, injury history lengthening for Tyreek Hill. Eh. Uh, he was so good. Like if he was coming off of a 1400 yard season or whatever, like a 1400 yard pace and he had just eked out the wide receiver one finish by points per game. I'd be like, okay, yep. Older. Maybe the offense gets figured out. Maybe his usage is different. He was on pace for the best. He was on pace for the best season ever. So I'm, I'm going to buy that. I'm still buying Justin Jefferson, despite the maybe Kirk is there. Maybe is not there. And just coming off a season ending injury. Jefferson's just that good. But then, yeah, I said CD. Uh, CD, 135 catches, led the NFL, 1,700 yards. I did not know. CD, I, I, the season was great, but I forgot he had that stretch in the middle of the year. It was like 150, 150, 200 something, <laughs> 1,700 yards, over 100 per game. That's where I think the Brees Hall conversation for me starts, which I think is fifth overall, if I'm counting on my hand correctly. I'll probably bet on a Brees career year than another CD career year. Sure. Just my, uh, Denny, what do you think? you have any strong thoughts there? Yeah, I, I'm. I CMC is going to be the consensus number one, right? That's right. Yeah, I just don't okay. think I can bet 100%. on a third straight. So, so right, 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 right. So, how far are you going to push it? That, that 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 that's what the question is. So, we weren't willing to push it this year. Okay, mostly no one was not no one. Very few people were taking McCaffrey number one overall. Are you willing to do it this year? Um, I do think you know age. I think. Brees Hall's CMC-like usage in the passing game 
It just makes him unbelievably gives him a crazy, crazy ceiling. Will it sustain with Rodgers? Yeah, see, I I think it, I mean, it definitely won't sustain because they had like check down. I won't say like words that made me feel when I watched that offense, but they had a bunch of guys who just primarily checked down the football playing for 17 weeks. Uh, not really a special or creative offense. And I think the more you have a better offense, the less you want to throw negative one A dot targets. But I, for the listeners who haven't seen the video of you interviewing Brees, we love the catches, Brees. We really do love the catches. It was very good because we needed those. Given how bad the offense was for him to sustain his fantasy value, he had to prove to be a very good pass catcher. And he very much did that. I thanked him for his service to his PPR country. Uh-huh. Very, very much. And he, yeah, he, he likes the catches. Kyle, as you saw, we talked to Puka Nakua. He was uh, very politically correct and insisted Cooper Cup was still the number one receiver on the Rams. Uh, do we draft Puka Nakua ahead of Cooper Cup in 2024? Not enough diva vibes from that. Norman. I know. He's way too well-adjusted, Puka Nakua. He really, really loves life. Ugh. You should be a problem in a receiver. you're going to go for 1,700 yards. <laughs> you should just hate everyone around you. Uh, I'll make an exception for Puka, though, because I will be drafting him, uh, frankly, far ahead of, of Cooper Cup in uh, it was about, uh, I think, 12 games, about a dozen games. Yeah, it's actually a dozen on the dot. Games that both he and Cup played, and they both saw over half of the snaps because we had a few early exits from both of them. Puka had, on average, 88 yards, five and a half catches at 2.7 yards per route run. Cooper Cup, not bad at all, but 5.3 catches, 63 yards, and far lower 1.8 yards per route run. When they're both on the field, Cooper Cup is very good, but Puka's on another level. It was almost like Cup didn't come back, and Cup added something to the offense without subtracting from Puka, which is great for the offense. But to me, also, Puka being much younger, I'm going to go with Puka somewhat easily. Yeah, I, Puka struck me as a guy who, uh, for whom the enemy has not spoken no. kindly to and uh, does not hold the knife yet. Uh, I figured, you know, in, in three years when we talked to him in the, in the Super so Bowl, three he, years. he's going to be surrounded by uh, bodyguards and wearing shades and uh, uh, speaking cryptically. So we'll see. It was fighting for targets in the NFL. It jokerifies all of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's such a cutthroat business trying to get those targets. But yeah, Puka was maybe the happiest athlete I've ever met. A really, really great young man who's loving life with his Apple Vision Pro, by the way. He, he loved that thing. He was, he was in love with that. A Zoomer to a T. I know. Yeah, I know. Zoomer. Denny, did you, did you have something you wanted to say about Derrick Henry, by the way? Well, I so I was actually talking with uh, Lawrence Jackson about Derrick Henry uh, over dinner and look, I usually don't like to talk shop over dinner, um, but we. So you weren't a fan when Drew Densick and I spent eight minutes arguing about the Super Bowl. Well, if, if you'll notice, I completely tapped out of that conversation. <laughs> then Although he's like I, screaming I, in the bathroom, like someone talk about David Bowie, please. <laughs> um, I, I did. I did like the conversation, and we we actually brought it onto the air, which was fun. But um i started talking you know with 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 lawrence because i was intrigued by this idea that he threw out i wanted to run it by kyle derrick henry to dallas make it happen the ravens no 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 those are pretty fun both of those are pretty fun i mean like i think probably the ravens makes more sense with their identity as a team the thing is dallas like they just gave up on the run in the second half of the year it was pretty sweet. And I actually just don't want them to change that. Like, give us another 1,700 yards from CD. Like, I kind of agree, Pat. 17 is a lofty number. 
do we want to bet on a career year? If they just gave up on the running back position, I would sort of have some faith that they're just going to continue to throw with reckless abandon. We know that that's not what the Ravens are going to do and probably not what they're built for. They would be built for a sick uh, Derrick Henry edition. But, but, so. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out and don't side with Pat. The, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys produced a league-leading number of carries for Pollard both inside the 10 and inside the 5. He cashed sick. in almost none of them. They and had so many unconverted. So, so that 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 offense is so productive and gets so many looks near the goal mm-hmm. line. I mean, Derrick Henry could honestly average like fifty yards a game or less and still be like an RB one. Yeah, he, I mean, he, 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 he could score twenty two touchdowns. Yeah, yes, score a lot of touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. I feel like a more fun outcome is like a Raheem Mostert level of 22 touchdowns where just some nobody scores a bunch of touchdowns. But also uh, someone who drafts a lot of zero RB would love some nobodies to score a bunch of touchdowns. Well, as as zero RB, bro, I, I, I think that Derrick Henry would look appealing because people say, washed, washed, I don't want him. And I, I'm like, oh, Derrick Henry in the fifth? Okay. I wonder if the Chargers are going to sign Derrick Henry. I would I think they're more likely to draft a, a running back. I think right now, I mean they're in just absolute cap hell with a bunch of old players they can move on from to get out of it, but then do they just want to go back to the well and add another older player in Derrick Henry, who I think will command a reasonable contract. Like I don't I think the difference between him and Austin Eckler in terms of the way the NFL will value them is going to be noticeable. Eckler, I mean, just appeared to have less left last year. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't just the one viral clip. He <laughs> might have been hurt all year, but his legs were not good. That clip. That clip. That clip is so. If he could, how much money would he pay to have that clip erased <laughs> from know. the internet? Truly haunting. Always uh, <laughs> real, 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 real bad. I think. I mean, we could have maybe done faster just stop, stop. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying you, you had to you had to bring it too far like we were fine and then you said oh we could run fast. no no that's not true it's pat not. he was running 27 miles an hour in that that just happens to be the slowest running back has run in the nfl this year i think it was seriously like 14 i think it was something hilariously low stop. like it's like lineman we can't. that's a pulling guard that's a, a like a pulling guard listen we're talking about the 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 one guy who doesn't hate fantasy football players. Yeah. We, we better be careful. He might be working for Yahoo next year. I I appreciate. Yeah, we, that. Yeah, we didn't say anything about like that. We didn't say anything bad. I listen. We well earlier in the show, Austin. If you're listening, we said get you to Houston and let's yeah. get you some targets, baby. That's what <laughs> man. I was looking the other day at rush yards over expected. By the way, and Damian Pierce was like bottom three. Oh man. Woo. Pierce's metrics are like like an like an actual horror movie. Guy might need to remake his body. I should think... be like a two down linebacker. Yeah, yeah. They should convert him. They should convert him to linebacker. All right, whatever. We gotta end the show. We also gotta we gotta figure out something to talk about on Thursday. Uh, we will be back. Uh, Justin Fields to the Steelers. I'll have some stuff for that. Ooh. All right, perfect. Yeah, maybe we should finally dig into the grizzly details of art to the Steelers. I think we already did that once, but uh, Denny will be back on Thursday. Kyle will be back on Thursday. I will be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to us all last week on Radio Row in Las Vegas. We had the time of our life. We'll have the time of our life this Thursday, though, as we move forward into the offseason. So for Kyle, for Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you so much for listening. Willie, we will be back later. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.